It is the October 15th. Well, we're recording this on the 14th, but probably listening to it on the 15th. PFF forecast. And uh, this was supposed to have Evan Silva on. Evan Silva bailed on us at the last second. So it's okay. We power through. We move the timing of the podcast. I'll say this. Evan listens to our podcast relatively frequently. So I'm going to... I'm disappointed he can't come, but I'm going to stop short of like dragging him for it. Like, I appreciate that he listens. So you, you interrupted my dragging of him to say that you're not going to drag him. That's really unfair. I am always wary of the person making up an excuse. Why? Because I'm that kind of person. Eric, why do you want to come work out with me today? Well, George, I have a kid's doctor appointment. I assume the worst in in people, (laughs) (laughs) as maybe some of you know, as you know. Now, Evan is a good friend of ours. I love Evan to death. So, like, I believe his excuse. But it got me thinking about what the worst, like, fake excuses that you've either heard. Now, both of us have been teachers, so I'm sure we've heard a few. Or that you've given. Have you ever given a fake excuse before? We're going to do the lock of the week conversation. We're going to decide it. We're going to go through all the games and figure out what our lock of the week is going to be. We need to rebound uh, after that ridiculous Jacksonville Houston over did not hit. I'll say the second half over hit, so we weren't at that Stop. bad. Uh, and then uh, I don't know about you. Did you watch The Bachelorette last night? I heard tweets about it, which makes me feel like I was there. Yeah. So I recorded it, of course. I watched the football game and then I watched The Bachelorette. So I'll tell you about it. There were some football players. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll talk about your fake excuse. Okay. You you did mention, though, uh, before the podcast that there was a particular fan base that was kind of angry with us. Yeah, I mean, I look at some almost just for the... So if you're going to post a comment on YouTube, just know that you're going to talk about George's chicken legs or my voice. Just I've, know that it's I have long. I have long misshapen femurs, and I find it offensive that people are making yeah, yeah. fun of my legs. But, um, <laughs> but most of the time, George and I go there for amusement um, and for um, our, our mother's, uh, you know, burner account, you know, um, fair you know uh posts my mom defends me yeah she does and and that's very nice of her my my mom doesn't but we'll we'll we won't we'll go there sail past that <laughs> um but the, the 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 what we saw last week were a number of raiders fans who got after us for essentially not like praising going over the top to talk about to talk way. about the raiders and you know it could be the fact that i'm a chiefs fan it could be the fact that our colleague austin at my advice, bet chief second half, probably more than he could afford. But here's what I'll say. They were awesome on Sunday. They threw the ball downfield. They made use of Henry Ruggs, a draft pick that we at the time said was amazing. And, and he came through, but that's the first time the Oakland Raiders have beaten the Kansas city chiefs since 2017. And only the, the second time since 2012, third time since 2012. So, I agree that like the Raiders like deserve a lot of praise, but do we really think they're contenders because of that victory? Is that, is that victory 
about the Raiders or is it more of a thing about Kansas City? This was about the Raiders. The Raiders offense is good. The Raiders offense has been good. Yeah. The Raiders offense since the start of last year is a top seven offense in EPA per play. They're mm -hmm. a good offense. And they've been a good offense despite the fact that they did not take advantage of the deep areas of the field, which is something that most good offenses, including the Kansas City Chiefs, did. They made a conscious decision after a very suspect draft the year before where they drafted defensive linemen and running backs to say, turns out that's not going to win us many games. Josh Jacobs, as great as he is, ain't getting Don't forget the box here. safety, Jonathan Abram. Who is a great box safety. I remember very vividly last year getting on the Gruden for Coach of the Year bandwagon. So maybe I'm biased because I want to get back on that bandwagon. But I think it's worth noting that, um, you know, Carr's average depth of target considerably longer. Henry Ruggs has been a when he's played per reception monster. And like, that's fantastic. So I think the reason we didn't talk about them was that um, they, don't, they don't have a game this week. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah, And so we didn't, you know, we always preview the games yeah. and it just wasn't, you know, we had just seen Sea Seahawks Vikings. That was at the forefront of our mind. Um, well, so we also talked about Tennessee versus Buffalo, which yeah. was ended up being so a game. So I, I actually want to apologize because I, in retrospect, do think that was a game we should have talked about because it's interesting that you think of it as, and it, it is a game that means way less than Raiders fans want it to mean, obviously. It just does. It's yeah. week five. But it's a thing that gets you excited for what could be, which is downfield passing attack. You know, as somebody who is holding an, a season win total under on them, me, um, I think I've mis I think I've miscalculated them a bit. The thing that goes to the Raiders' benefit here, their defense still isn't good, but defense doesn't matter as much as it does normal years this year. Like right now, if you execute, like the Titans' defense isn't good, okay. but what happened last night? I don't know why everyone. I've been saying this for four weeks. There yeah. are no good defenses in the NFL. The Titans' defense is garbage. And last night, it was just about that their offense executed better than Buffalo's did, right? I mean, that's, you know, and the Raiders put themselves the in position. Bills dropped six passes yesterday. That's what I'm saying. If, if <laughs> offense executes, defense doesn't matter that much. And if it doesn't execute, look it gives you. defenses a chance to look good. Yeah. Look at how you've grown. Defense doesn't matter. Pause that much. I, this is the year for people to understand what defense well, not coverage matters, matters more, most of anything. If you can't get pass yeah. rush, and they're calling less holdings, and you can hold on on the pass rush, and coverage is really hard to pull off. So defense has just got a, a horrible uh, deck of cards this year. Yeah, and just for the avoidance of doubt, in case there's any new people listening, what that means is that if you're trying to be predictive about what's going to happen in the future using past defensive performance is a really bad place to start. It can be a decent ancillary talking point, but if you are not focusing on, first off, the offenses that a defense has faced, and then the offense that they are playing, yeah. you are missing the ball. I can use defense to break a tie sometimes. That, that's all I'll say. It. And, and there are, there are matchups that are very intriguing. It makes the game fun and yeah. interesting. Um, but from a predictive standpoint, you're you're overthinking things if you start yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we're rambling, but here's my one takeaway from that Raiders uh, win. It's actually more about that uh, that division. The Chargers are now a plucky team with Herbert. Yeah, 
The Raiders are a plucky team with Ruggs going downfield and Gruden throwing downfield. And the Broncos, who were the team that everyone said, hey, they're the ones. Uh, including me. Right? They're the ones that put all the pieces together, have gotten some really bad injury luck, and are way behind the eight ball. But they're getting locked back this week. We'll talk we about have the Raiders with a 45% chance to make the playoffs currently. The really difficult part for the Raiders is they play Kansas City again, and the AFC North has three teams that have a combined two losses. You know, like that's the and if that division gets two playoff teams, then there's one wild card for the rest of the conference, yeah. which is hard. Not going to be easy. But am I getting sucked into Gruden Coach of the Year? Absolutely. You better believe it. All right. Lock of the week time? Okay. All right. Um, we have two Monday night football games. That's great. Uh, where do you want to start here? Okay. Because um, it's a good slate. It's a good slate, but there's a lot of tricky numbers. A lot of tricky numbers. I'm going to go. Let, let me talk about some teasers right now. Do you want to start with the teasers? Well, because here's my deal with teasers. I'm, I'm excited. First off, in my notes, I wrote down teasers in all caps. Yeah, because here's the thing. The, here are teaser legs that are really good. Okay? Because we haven't had some opportunities last two weeks. I know. Three weeks. It's because been, the totals have been so it's high. Been devastating. Colts, Bengals, total on the game is 46 and a half. Mm -hmm. You can tease the Colts down to two. Mm -hmm. Okay? against the Bengals team. Now, I don't know if I want to back Phillip Rivers even though uh, you know, even though they're indoors and everything, but that's that's one that works. You're going to just you're going to talk about that game and you're not going to acknowledge me once. What? That you're 3 and 0 against me? No, that I suggested we write that game up and that it was at one point oh, sure. today 7 and a half. Yeah, no, you did a great job there. The money was uh, you were sharp. Um, okay. Washington football team, a team that we wrote about Mm -hmm. See, this is where you got to give me some praise because yes. I, we wrote this up at three and a half. It's now crossed mm -hmm. the key number of three. It's even to a point where I might take the Giants because you basically get 10 to one if you want that middle. And if you believe, as we do, that games line three will land three in a game with a total of 43 about that much, you can get off that game if you want to. But the Washington football team, the total of 43 is at plus two and a half. You can tease up through the three, through the seven. Um, that's one that I think you have a chance with. Ravens, Eagles, for total 47 and a half. You can tease the Ravens down to one and a half, so they just have to win on the road. Um, Bears, Panthers. Now, this has moved a little bit, but the total on games 45. The Bears are one and a half point underdogs. You can tease this through three and seven again. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> and then lastly, and this one, a little trick. Well, second to lastly, the, the, the last one's actually a bit rough. Lastly, the Miami Dolphins. Total on the game is 47. You can tease them down to two and a half. That gets you through the seven and through the three. The one that you like the most, though, this is where it gets tricky. The Dallas Cowboys at home, the fighting Andy Daltons. Oh, you knew it. You knew it was happening. We're getting two and a half. Now they're getting two. But you can tease them through the three and the seven. The problem is the total on the game is 55. Yeah. High. So there's not as much value in teasing them. I would say that if you like Dallas, you should just bet them on the money line. Straight up. Don't add any more qualifiers to the thing. Just bet them. Because this is one where the teaser doesn't make as much. There's 
you should actually like the team that you're betting for. I I agree. You just went through uh, a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, but the thing with teasers is it really doesn't matter who the teams are. It's the key number thing, right? So that that's kind of my thing. Like those all are possibilities for you if you want to bet games and you don't really want to think about the handicap so much. Would you have been intrigued by the San Francisco Niners if they if it was two and a half going to eight and a half? Yeah. The the Niners are a team. Would you have been intrigued by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going from two and a half to eight and a half? Uh, at two when it look. I know it's, I, was, I know it's one and a half. So these lines now. Tampa Bay is now one and a half, and the Niners are now three and a half yeah, yeah. Uh, point underdogs. But I'm just curious because when I, when we talked about this um, on Sunday. That those were kind of the two that stuck out to me. The Packers are interesting. Timo pointed this out earlier today. Aaron Rodgers has faced the easiest schedule yeah. of opposing uh, pass defenses. And that's not a knock on Aaron Rodgers. That's a, that's a this team is lo- everyone loves the hell out of the Packers. Yep. So on Chris's podcast, he and Al were talking. And um, I asked them who was better the Seahawks or the Packers and they both said the Seahawks or sorry they both said the Packers and they were both pretty confident in it I am I am actually too I'm not I were yeah I don't think there's any reason to be confident in either side right now okay I I, just there isn't yeah my my biggest issue with this game is the variance is too much like I think both team like for one Brady has been mostly good but turnover worthy he's thrown some pick sixes right he like the this game staying within a touchdown feels like feels correct but is probably less so than we envision because of the variance of rogers and his arm Mm -hmm. and then also the variance of brady and his arm in the kind of the wrong way you know what i mean it's interesting i i it's another one where i would be i'm probably going to lay off betting that game but there are a lot of reasons why I like Tampa Bay in that spot. There's Green Bay's coming off a bye. You mentioned this already. Tampa Bay played on Thursday night. Tampa Bay on Thursday night lost in kind of pathetic fashion. They made a ton of mistakes, an absolute crap ton of mistakes. Um, I think they're getting Godwin back. At least it's trending that way, right? What I heard. Um, that's huge for them. Tom Brady was humiliated. Mm-hmm. He was a on national stock. TV against Nick Foles again. Chase Claypool put his head on Tom Brady, and it got like a billion yeah. likes on Twitter. Yep. So if you're telling me Tom Brady isn't coming out here just gunning for blood as an underdog at home, um, yeah, okay. But- and and here's the other thing: he is grading really well. The narrative is that he is. People are asking, is Tom Brady, you know, washed up? He can't remember the down. And Aaron Rodgers is playing as well as anyone else. The gap between them in PFF grade is lower than the gap, I think, in the public. Yeah, for sure. Um, my my biggest question here then, now at one, there's almost not, not a ton of teaser value here. I agree. I just wanted to talk about that but, game. But I would, I think with this one as well, especially now that Dallas is at two and not two and a half, I felt like that was, you know, both of these games, I feel like the home underdog with a good offense is live mm-hmm. um, in, in both those cases. 
Um, all right, let me turn your attention to a game here. All right, and very exciting. You're gonna have to get ready for this. The Atlanta. I'm no, just kidding. Stop. The, the Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens on the road in Philadelphia facing the rejuvenated. Sick. Just hearing the I, start. Did of that you sense. did you see my tweet today? I thought it was pretty smart. The Atlanta Falcons should sign Arthur Smith to be the head coach. They should be the Atlanta Falcons. What game do you want to talk about? That offense suits Rat Ryan so perfectly, George. Stop. All right. Anyway. You are <laughs> dead. Um, <laughs> that's a per. I was watching the game. I'm like, Matt R Ryan Tannehill looks like Matt Ryan circa 16, doesn't he? Okay. Well, I didn't like this when it first came out, but I, I can convince myself now. Okay. The, are the Eagles catching too many points at home at seven and a half? Okay. I thought long and hard about this game. You know who was the top three graded passer last week? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was. Um, you know who is grading as one of the best wide receivers in the league? It's that one guy, Fulgrim. <laughs> it's that one guy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fulham. Um <laughs> And those are things that I think are going under the radar. Also, the Eagles probably should have covered yeah. that game. And if they hadn't forgotten that Chase Claypool played for the, Philadelphia, uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh yeah, Steelers, yeah. they would have. So there's a lot of reason why the Eagles fundamentally are better than people are giving them credit for based on how that game finished. But, I but now on the other side, here's what really worries me. The Eagles can't cover a tight end to save their life. See Claypool Chase, who who they lined up in the slot a bunch, and he just roasted Nate Jerry. I mean, yeah, it yeah. was like a disaster. Nate Jerry's a disaster, and it's their not, safeties are brutal. It is a rough situation for them covering tight ends. George Kittle ate them alive. Now, Goddard on IR, Ertz, overrated. Oh, am I going to get killed for that? No, I think you're right. Does anyone think he's no, like underrated? No, like he's properly rated. He just catches a, a crap ton of passes. And, and here's something I will push us off this, I think, probably for good. I can see a situation where the Eagles, you slay on Brown. Slay questionable with concussion. Correct. And everybody else on the tight end and basically force Lamar Jackson, who does not look well, to do some – extra things yeah but when i look at their you know, practice report fletcher cox did not participate now that doesn't look that bad but then lane johnson is going to be perpetually hurt um slay Kevon wallace um they are going to get jeffrey and jackson back probably and avante maddox but i just don't i don't think i can do it i don't think the eagles I have hate, too many injuries here's the thing i hate fading lamar jackson i do too I and, hate it. I and, know that I know that throwing the ball this year has not he is he's regressing in a lot of ways that make some sense, right? Like his uh PFF grade under pressure was the best in the NFL. Yep. No longer. Um so the, here's the thing that that ultimately worries me the most though, and that's that the Ravens are going to blitz the living crap out of the Eagles and I'm worried about Carson Wentz dealing with that pressure. By the way, I got a note from our uh, from Zach Tantillo. Tantillo, actually. Okay. His name is spelled T-A-N-T-I-L-L-O, and he pronounces it Tantillo. Do you think that's 
correct or is he lying to me? Is this a long con? I think it's a long con. Is yeah, that what that's called? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he mentioned that Zachary's has five receptions for 15 yards over the past two games. I The Twitter account that said, did Ertz break a tackle is by far that's the best good. content on Twitter. Okay, so that's that's my worry about that game. Okay. I, and But I, I do agree with you. Seven and a half, value is there. Um, but, so here's something that... that um, that I'm surprised you didn't mention um, as a teaser that uh, that I am intrigued by. So you mentioned Cincinnati and Indy. Okay. Now I know we're not getting great value there. Is it eight, eight and a half? Yeah. The Colts are not very good. They're not. Cincinnati played a Baltimore team very different from an Indy team. 14 and a half yeah there's just not a lot of value total is low but look i i can get on board with that we just talked about defense doesn't matter i'm gonna i'm gonna push back a little bit when your offensive line is as bad as cincinnati's buckner and houston yeah i i i do feel like that indy is going to be able to put pressure on cincinnati in a way that I, I look I don't hate it I just don't think look bet Cincinnati straight up because you already get you're getting three and seven yeah the better quarterback is getting points in this game yeah, yeah you might be right getting more than a touchdown I'm not it's not I might be right I am right okay Philip Rivers is not good yeah I I don't agree I don't disagree that he's awful and Jacoby Brissett should be getting warm okay loose um I want to tell you guys about our friends at Monkey Knife Fight. MonkeyKnifeFight.com uh, is a place that takes props to a whole new level. They have a bunch of prop contests. They're a lot of fun. Um, you basically kind of pick over or under a bunch of different props. Um, you can pick, put them together. You can pick players against one another. It's a lot of fun. Um, and here's the deal. If you use promo code PFF, you get a free PFF Edge subscription with a $20 deposit so that's a $40 value you get it for 20 bucks plus you have 20 bucks 20 bucks to play with at uh, monkeyknifefight.com so use promo code pff at monkeyknifefight.com get a free pff edge annual subscription this wonderful podcast is brought to you by pristineauction.com i can't help but think of prestige worldwide just because eric just said that so um that's a good name i guess uh check out their daily auctions uh they start at one dollar um and they are on over eight thousand football items that are up for auction pristine auction guarantees the authenticity of every product use promo code pff for the first ten dollars of your invoice off that's pristineauction.com oh by the way i should remind you we're giving away a signed lamar jackson jersey i haven't received it yet so i can't give it out yet so you still have a chance still have a chance to comment put a five-star review and get a signed lamar jackson jersey the best PFF podcast, well, I guess after ours, is the newest PFF podcast. It's Chris Collinsworth's podcast. It's kind of a big deal. He's doing it with Richard Sherman. Um, so that's really cool on one front. And then on the other, they had Al Michaels on the show this week. So it's pretty action-packed, star-studded affair. They talk about everything. They talked about the Lakers winning a championship. They talked about uh, whether running backs matter. Um, Al told stories from every generation you could possibly imagine 
Um, so you should go check it out. You can download it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. comes out every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Um, and it's uh, a must listen every week. The Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman. Okay. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk Rams Niners. Yeah. We like this game. We like the Niners plus three and a half early in the week. What do you think now? I want you to tell me what you think about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo can be a good quarterback if situation if the situation gives rise to isn't is conducive to it. Okay, what do you think about this week? <laughs> I think the Rams defense is good against crappy teams and a defense against other teams. So it's up to San Francisco to not be a crappy team this week, and. I look and I think the fundamentals should be fine. Like, look, it was a look ahead line for them, right? Like they were, they were coming off of a disappointing loss against Philly at home. Then, I mean, like, they're like, okay, we're going to get right. We got two home games still, right? Mm-hmm. We got one against the Dolphins, their dog shit. We're going to beat them. And then we have a really important game against the Rams, right? Yep. They looked ahead, got drilled, right? Kept, you know, held some players back on defense, held back Samuel to a great degree, right? He didn't play a ton. Correct. I think that they're going to go all out in this game. Well, and, they have to. And when, when Kyle Shanahan... Right now, their chance of making the playoffs is 24%. Right, which is higher than I thought. Um, but when, when somebody like Kyle Shanahan goes all out, I want to back him. Here's something interesting. The 49ers, the only team that has had an easier schedule than them... I know, it's bad. ...is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, we talked about this... When, when, when Samuel got hurt during the forecast, I went on and laid a significant amount on Niners under 10 and a half wins. I said, early season injuries for them were going to be catastrophic because their late season schedule, I is mean, what a disaster it is they have the hardest remaining yeah, schedule, yeah. which if you want to go PFF edge subscription, PF NFL power rankings, a uh, uh, tool that you guys can use. Right. So this game is of absolute importance to especially them. because after this game the opponents actually get harder here's the right. other you thing. can't go you can't go zero and three on a homestand you just can't here's the other thing the rams have had the fourth easiest schedule thus far all their wins have come against the nfc east yeah that's ridiculous they yeah, you have can... not beat a non-nfc east team so yes the niners are getting are at the bottom of the market absolutely but are the rams at the bottom of the market no People think the Rams are well. This game moved. This game moved a full six points off the look ahead line. That's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, just on value alone, you're getting value on the Niners. My thing with Jimmy G is, and I said that I was on Petro's show yesterday, and I said, you know, one of the reasons you can tell in certain games that certain offenses, the the A plus B. The plus A times B, the court, the the, the you doing math on the podcast. Yeah, the again? the uh, cross term, the cross term gets zero in some games. We just lost all seven of no, our listeners. Don't do that. Um, the cross term gets elevated for these great coaches in big games. The cross term, the Andy Reid, Patrick, and you're Mahomes, just continuing to go on with it. Yeah. I'm trying to get you off of the math metaphor. But no, but like, <laughs> there are some games where it's clear that the coach says we're going to be do a vanilla game plan, yep. and I need my guy, I need you, good quarterback guy, to execute and get out of here with a W. 
That was clearly the Chiefs against the uh, Chargers. That was the Chiefs against the Raiders. And it was not the Chiefs against the Ravens. Last week was a, we're playing the Miami Dolphins. And Jimmy G, I expect you to execute a vanilla game plan because we need to get out of here with a victory and go play the Rams. This week, however good Jimmy G is going to be, it's going to be enhanced by how good Kyle Shanahan is. And Kyle Shanahan is going to be on his, quote, best behavior to produce such an effort. Here were a couple of, uh, here's the data point that really stuck out to me in that game. Jimmy G's average depth of target was 10 yards, 9.9 yards. No. There's a full four yards, three and a half yards past where kind of his career yeah, yeah. is. He at. was a dump off guy last year. Dump off is the wrong term because he actually didn't check the ball down that frequently. So, yeah, they, underneath they were, and deep. They were a team that specifically targeted the short areas of the field where guys were open and then ran after right. the catch. That's actually what the Rams are doing this year. Jared Goff, 6.4 yard average depth of target. Only guy lower than him is Drew Brees, but they're leading the league in yards after the catch per reception. Okay. So that's kind of what the, the Niners did last year. And so I agree with you that that game plan like just didn't really fit. It didn't make any sense. Um, my only worry is that Jimmy G actually isn't healthy. He pushed it in that last game. He's not really healthy again. He's gonna, you know, try and yeah. push it again. I, I, I mean, are the Ram are the Rams good enough defensively to stop? I mean, that rookie that rookie defensive back from Ohio State, Fuller is his name. Mm -hmm. He was playing really well. They just put him on IR, if I'm not mistaken. Like, who's gonna cover Kittle? Oh, they have no one. Micah Kaiser. I would actually argue that Jalen Ramsey will be on George Kittle. Yeah, but then Ayuk is a good player. Samuel's a good player. You know, the Mostert is a good player. I mean, this is a this is a pretty like. Oh, I, I'm with you. I mean, the Rams, the Rams right now are number two in our defensive ranking. Yeah. And their new defensive coordinator, Chris, talked about this earlier today because he's watching all their tape yeah, yeah. and he's saying like, yeah, in week one too. Yeah. Yeah. He was, but he was like, I didn't notice this week one because I hadn't seen them before. Now I have tape on them. And he goes, their new defensive coordinator is doing some really interesting things. He's got Ramsey playing the slot a bunch, and he's doing things that are forcing. Ramsey played a lot in the slot at Florida State and was very good there. It was very good. And then he said the way that they're freeing up Donald by putting guys wide, forcing your tackles to kick out, um, is interesting. If there's one guy I'm betting on taking yeah. advantage of that, there you know is, who it is. So look, shout out to our friend Brian Burke. He, there's going to be some clips of Donald getting trapped by uh, by some run plays here. Oh yeah, You'd move, you know, rushing up field and this is where washed out. Kyle Shanahan. I mean, that guy is as confident and offensive, you know, play callers there yeah. is. He's bringing his. Can I ask a game. question? Because they did fall a lot, and our models do. You know, when you talk about our power rankings, deal with priors. Mm -hmm. Like there, there, it's a. I was explaining this on the Pinnacle podcast. We regressed to the market more heavily this year because of COVID, but we have adjusted off of priors faster because you know that, that yeah. ha that's be how you do it. The Niners are our thirteenth ranked team. The Rams are our eighth ranked team. The Rams are two point one points better on a neutral. When I look at this, you know we have Goff actually a point and a half better than Garoppolo, which I think might be a little bit too much. Um, Goff McVeigh a point and a half better than Garoppolo. Hurt, by the way. Yeah. But 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 I, when I think of this last year, this and this very game, we we were on the Rams at plus six. Mm -hmm. Have has have the statures of these two teams changed nine and a half points since then? I don't think so. No. <laughs> like, no. So that that and, and I would that's argue a game this, I like. I, I really like the you know the Rams are two and a half points better on a neutral field, 
this is basically a neutral field. Yeah, yeah, the travel is a yeah, and, I mean and, they're traveling five hours up the road. Yeah, so in buses, just like I did when I was playing. Yeah. Okay, that that's a that's one I I when I look at the game, I we had this earlier in the week, and I'm happy that we do. Um, it it has looked like at times that this number would come off three and a half, but it hasn't yet. So, um, okay, here's one. And I didn't think that I would that I would like this. And I think it's probably more of a money line play given the the total. Houston plus three at Tennessee. I like this a lot. And now is it plus three or plus three and a half? I thought I saw plus three and a half it, earlier. It, yeah, I think it's down to three, but I think I believe it's um I believe it's pl- even money basically. So Okay. Let me look at that. Like, yeah. So, I mean, Tannehill obviously looked incredible. Um, highest graded game of the weekend. And plus three, plus 105. Okay. So, and we, we show value on that particular number. Yes. Um, I like this a lot. Obviously, Tennessee coming off of short rest, playing on Tuesday, feeling like they kind of won the Super Bowl. No one believed in us. Yeah, yeah. We both. showed them. We beat an undefeated team. Okay, now we're playing Houston. Houston kind of sucks. They don't even have a head coach anymore. Yada, yada, yada. So um, I, I think there's a lot of value here on the Texans. I like the Texans' money line, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it's certainly one. Um, here's another thing, by the way. Now, I know this is a divisional rival, so it doesn't quite meet that criteria of like a, a sandwich game type mm-hmm. of thing. But you play Buffalo, they're undefeated beat them next week you have the makeup game with pittsburgh who is undefeated mm-hmm. i think they're they have a bye this week too so they'll be undefeated when that happens no they, they, have, they have the browns who used to be a bye week but aren't anymore is this a say i mean is this a letdown spot for tennessee short rest looking ahead to pittsburgh agree more you're a half you're a game and a half you know we had you just beat a pandemic and an undefeated right, right, team right, in right, one right. week we have ten, We have a ton of Tennessee futures. If you've been following along, hey, can we talk talk real quick about how Derrick Henry's run is the absolute culmination of everything that is true about running backs? <laughs> Impressive, they, but not valuable. So, legitimately, on Sports Center today, they led with that play, and I was. It's impressive. It's impressive as hell. He picks Josh Norman's dumb ass up, throws him to the ground. He gained four extra yards. Like, that, that's the thing. Running backs do things that are massively impressive that don't generate a whole ton of value, and people shit themselves over them. And it's like, great, but, like, please have some context. Put this in perspective. If he doesn't make that play, they win the game by the same number of points. I Yeah. I mean, the fact that Henry is going to get over his rushing prop this year despite not having like one game of over four yards per carry is really my heroine um it's eddie george like you know uh if you go back and watch eddie george kind of sucked um okay Hot <laughs> so, so you like uh you like the um i like the texans i like the texans too. okay let's let's uh let's speed through a couple of other ones here. okay um i really liked pittsburgh Minus three and a half. Our model does not show value there. However, the however, Cleveland's quarterback has a broken rib. Mm-hmm. I liked under in this game, and we did show value at it on 51 and a half. I believe the total has gone 
down on that news maybe oh no we just i guess there must have been a defensive player that got hurt or something um the the market has agreed with the browns number four and a half the other day when we were on it and that or we were on the show and then all the way down to three and a half now down to three uh i do think this three is ju- it's minus 105 so we might still have some value we do i think on the three um i can't back either team here i think the number's right interesting yeah i um I, it would be Herculean of Stefanski if they cover slash win this game, in my opinion. Yep, and and I think he's capable of that. And I will I will push back a little bit on the Pittsburgh thing. So here's my thing with Pittsburgh: you got to face two bad NFC East teams. Mm-hmm. Now the one gave you a game. Now that's been the best game Philly's played all year. So what does that say about Pittsburgh? Sure, you beat the Giants in Week One. Uh, you didn't cover a game where half the game was played by. Uh, Jeff Driscoll against the Denver Broncos. Oh, I remember. And they have had the easiest schedule in the NFL. Their average opponent is four points worse. Yeah. So so I will say, let, let's let take this game, much like we did with uh, Tampa Bay-New Orleans week one. Let's take this game and figure something out about these two okay. top teams in the NFC North. What I mean, what do you think about Pittsburgh? Do you think that they're going to roll Cleveland? I am very nervous about a Baker Mayfield shits himself situation. Okay, I, well, and that's fair. I think you're 100. percent Even though I don't want that to happen, I'm not rooting for that to happen. That is something that no, I no, but feel. it's something that absolutely the data suggests could happen. Yes, because he has not graded very well. Um, you, we're not going to talk about the Jets. No, we're not talking about the Jets. Uh, Broncos getting nine and a half in New England. Uh. Well, let's look at injury reports here. So Casey being out hurts, right? Um, I think Locke being back certainly does help Denver. It can't hurt. Melvin Gordon being out with a DUI helps Denver. Um, You're not getting pushback from me there. It doesn't, <laughs> like, doesn't move the needle at all. Well, in fact, we talked about it with McCaffrey. Anytime a, a running back with a name is out, it makes your offense better because you don't funnel stuff to him. Um, and it's now ten. Yeah, and um, and there's tough things going on with New England. I mean, the offensive line: Isaiah Wynn, Shaq Mason are both questionable. Andrews is already out um, with his thumb. Edelman was garbage against Kansas City. Can Gilmore play? So I think Gilmore and Newton are probably going to play. I mean, that's kind Newton of... Newton is. Newton is coming back to practice. Tomorrow. It was Gilmore's positive test. His positive test was like right after the Kansas City game. So that was that's a full seven days ago. So I think 10 days is the mark. So he can come back. Also, props to Belichick. Like we talked about this the other day, but just pushing everything back. Like yeah, just, just being like, forget this shit. I'm not playing with my backup two games. Um... 10, I think, is value. You're obviously worried about what Belichick can do to a young quarterback. For sure. And you're also, but the thing that maybe you're not worried about is there's not going to be a ton of pressure on Locke because the New England doesn't get pressure on the mm-hmm. quarterback. Can their young receiver, if Cortland Sutton was playing, I think it'd be an amazing like matchup. But they have guys that can play. Tim Patrick's good. Jerry Judy is very good. Um, I'm, I'm looking for Hamler. I think Hamler's still out, but like they, they're, they're not. Noah Fant's been fine. You know, actually mm-hmm. fairly productive. I don't hate this either. Um, 
None of these sides, though, are... None of them are, are getting you there? Well, pass, me passing up a teaser. Okay, let's talk about one more game, and then we'll figure this out. The Kansas City Chiefs at the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. Total on the game, 57.5 Chiefs, favored by 3.5. Do you think this is a bounce-back spot? for? No, I don't. I think it's a bounce-back spot for both teams. Okay. Because... I guess we could talk about this on Sunday night because it is mon on Monday. I, here's my take on this. I think the total is perfect. I think you're going to – Buffalo's defense is bad. Well, they didn't have Tredavis White. That really hurt. But they haven't stopped anybody other than the Jets this year. You know? I mean, all defenses are – Yeah. So, so I think Kansas City is going to look ahead to this game and say we need to – you know, they're going to make A times B have a coefficient on zero. And then they're going to – they're going to, they're they're going to do whatever is possible. Um, they're healthier. I mean, Sammy Watkins being out, I think, does actually hurt them. Um, but the, the the players for the the impact players for the the Bills are being hurt is kind of a big deal, right? Milano, um, even Edmonds, their linebacker, he looks slow and bad. And, and then you have uh, obviously White. Um, okay. All right, pitch me your best teaser then. Okay, your favorite teaser. Obviously, you push back if you if you want a different one. Oh, I will. Okay, don't worry. Uh, give me Chicago plus seven and a half. I knew that was going to be one of them. And the Ravens minus one and a half. It's the one I like the most. I'm just glad you didn't say. I thought you were going to say the Colts, no. and I was going to push back you, immediately. Look, man, look, I will push back against you when I disagree, but you have earned my an additional amount of respect for being sharp the last few weeks. I have been sharp. I've been sharp all season. All season, yeah. All season, a few weeks. I mean, whatever. Um, okay. Because I can't. Because we already have a football team involved. I don't want all of our bets to like. I don't want to go zero and two based on one team. Yeah, um, I mean that was the one that really. Kyle Allen me. is starting for this the the football. Does that make team you feel more or better? Less? Yeah, because he can move around a little bit. I was like legitimately just. He'll take some chances for better or worse. Um, the thing that worries me about the Washington football team against the Giants is Bradbury is actually fairly good, and Washington has one good receiver. I think the the rest of the guys can Antonio make. Antonio Gibson, he's good. That's what, but and Gibson's a running back. He's a receiver playing running back. Okay. Well, that, that underscores my point that they can make some plays against – enough I, plays against the, the Giants. The Washington football team is a better team than the New York Giants. Yeah, it's not – I don't hate that take. I, they, I mean, they have the, the two best players playing in that game play on Washington. The quarterbacks are kind of similar. Mm -hmm. Ron Rivera significantly – Better. The problem with R Rivera is that team has that team is trailed by double digits at halftime every single game this year. He is it is clear that like things are affecting him a little bit, right? What do you mean? Well, like he he's he's sick, you know. Like I I do think that like he's gutting it out, but it, it's they they've struggled this year. And you think that's why? I don't think it, I don't think that's exactly why, but it's certainly a factor, don't you think? No, I think Dwayne Haskins being literally dog shit is probably yeah, a bigger issue. But but okay, but I reject the notion that he is 
gutting it out and that's hurting their football team. Okay. I mean, I, if I'm wrong, then I apologize. I'm just saying like when I, because the, their game last week, they completed zero passes over six yards in the air with two different quarterbacks. Now, granted, one of them was Alex Smith, but they got a full, like, what's quarter and a half out yeah. of Kyle Allen? But Alan, uh, Aaron Donald ain't playing for the Giants. Yeah, that's true. Leonard I mean, Williams can, is, for, former top three right. pick. I mean, so you can get them to eight and a half. Teasing you can get the team, Falcons to 11, actually. Teasing a team down on the road. Oh, man. Over 95% of the cash and the tickets on the Ravens this week. Although that number hasn't really budged, has it? It's We've seen some. Oh, no, it's got. No. Oh, it's got some eights, actually. So. Yeah, we didn't talk a ton about Chicago, Carolina. Mm hmm. I think the Bears, with time off, corners that can actually match up a little bit. Good, good defensive line and linebackers that I think are fairly, you know, fairly solid. I, I don't think it's going to be as easy for Bridgewater in this game. I mean, I, I like, I, I agree like, with you. I like Teddy, obviously, but not this much. I think this is a, I mean, this is a fade Carolina at the top of the market yeah. kind of it, deal. It's only because the only thing that scares me is Foles throwing like a pick six or something. Um, but but the Carolina Panthers defense is not that good. Kwan Short's out for the year uh, as of this week. Um, a lot of injuries there too. They're just not good either. I'm with you there. I am having a really hard time getting off Dallas though. Okay, well let's do Dallas then. Because and here's here's why. Andy Dalton is the better throw better passer. Kyle, Kyler Murray is a better player. Yes, absolutely. And his running is an an X factor. But Andy Dalton throwing the football last week was really good. He's very accurate. They have three incredible wide receivers. They are at home. And Arizona continues to be overvalued because of Kyler's highlight real plays. Um, there is not a five and a half point difference between Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton with this Dallas team. I think that's a little aggressive. I think it's probably more like three. Yeah, let's do it then. I mean, look, we this is the the first leg is because it's a good teaser leg. The second leg is because we like Dallas and we think we can get some points with it. Okay. Let's do it. Dallas plus eight and the Chicago Bears at plus seven and a half. There it is. That is your lock of the week, baby. Let's go Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? I'm Here's what I'm really excited I hate, about. I hate what we have to root for this year, which is that Dalton is good. Because I... I Are you worried about Dalton in primetime? No. I'm worried... <laughs> I'm worried about... I actually, I actually put a significant amount of money on, on Cowboys to win the NFC East at minus 120. Because I think the rest of the division is so bad. The Cowboys coming up schedule is so, you know, yeah. so easy. And Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore are better than their record. The other thing, by the way, for that future, which we wrote up on PFF.com, Philadelphia plays, who this week? Baltimore? Probably going to lose. Dallas is probably going to – I think Dallas is going to win this game outright at home against the Cardinals. If that happens no, – Chandler Jones. Yeah. If that happens, what, what, is the, what is Dallas to win the NFC East next week? Man. 
what are they right now? Minus 120. 125, I think. Yeah, maybe minus 185. Yeah. So if and yeah. and Washington and the and the Giants aren't winning that division. So if you get if you get it this week and what we expect to have happen happens and you still don't like Dallas, then just back up the truck for Philly then. That actually took kind of a while. I well, I went through all the teasers at once. We went through all the teasers at once. That was fun though. Um all right, let me give you the real quick uh, Bachelorette thing here. Okay. All right, so your boy Dale Moss, right? So Dale Moss is a former Packers football draft, player. Packers draft pick, yeah, Clay Harbor style. I mean, they could probably use him at wide receiver, you know, this year. Right. Um, so the guys on this uh, episode are – Okay, so Claire is kind of an older, she's like 39. So a lot of these guys are a little older. Okay. Now, you'd expect them to be kind of like mature and have it together. No, no. They're older dudes that haven't found anyone yet. So they are weird as fuck. Okay. So like it, it is a, a crew to behold. There's Bennett, a wealth management consultant from New York City. Dude rolls in in a uh, Rolls Royce and a scarf. They're in Palm fucking Springs. Is it an absolute- Not even Mike came in that bad. <laughs> absolute atrocity, right? Like there are some dudes where it is just, it is hard to watch. So in walks Dale, a semi-normal dude, got a little bit of style and Claire just melts. What does Dale do for a living now that he's not a football player? It, it, so here's the best thing. It literally just says former pro football wide receiver. And that is what I wanted to talk about which is if you have played a sport, it doesn't matter what you currently do because everyone just goes, oh shit, you played a pro sport. Like you must be in great shape. You must be very talented. I'm sure you have money. He never played a snap in the NFL. But that's what his, <laughs> it comes in. Former pro football wide receiver. He has 51 career arena league receiving yards and one touchdown. It's absolutely incredible. So um, the South rumor, Dakota State, by the way, uh, go Jackrabbits. The rumor is that she falls so head over heels for Dale. Whose name is Dale, His by the way. His name is Dale, and he's, he's got some game. Like, a lot of these yeah. guys Well, are of course, just, dude, if, you're, you, if your name's Dale, you're coming in with such a deficit that you, you have gotta, to. You got to make up you're, for you're it. Plus, you're minus three. You got to cover that spread already. So the rumor is that she falls so in love with Dale that she ends the show way early and runs off of him. That's the rumor. So this whole, they're playing into it super hardcore. Like they, she is like, you know, butterflies. They're talking about it. They managed to get in. A guy calls someone out for not being there for the right reasons. Cause he saw him on Instagram sending DMS to a friend. Like it was incredible. It had everything, <laughs> had the right reasons. So, um, the, the big storyline here is, will she just break all of these the norms? Yeah. Will she just end it early? There are tears. They show guys crying, punching walls. I mean, this. But did you really think you had a chance against former NFL wide receiver Dale Moss, fellas? I, no. No. <laughs> I don't know why they even showed so, up. So, so here's the thing How do I win Bachelorette DFS now? Do I, I just do I, I just, don't know. I mean, if you do we have, have Bachelorette DFS Optimizer on the site, you don't have Dale Moss, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, uh, you know, if you don't know, folks, on our pff.com we have a dfs optimizer and i was part of 
you know, you know, Ben Brown did a, a great deal of work here, but I was uh, sort of at the beginning, but I actually hadn't used it on the site since it like had made it up there. Mm-hmm. So Ben's walking me through here and he was sharing a screen and he was doing Bachelorette DFS. And the first guy that shows up is like this, like drawn in cartoon face that says Dale. And I'm like, dude, you have to, you have to have a ton of shares at Dale. But what happens if Dale's the winner? Like, do you just, is he the captain? And then you just have a bunch of other Fabio guys on the like below? If you don't or? have Dale, you're in trouble. The, there are a couple other guys that have a decent shot, but I got to be honest. It is, it, you have to watch because these guys are falling apart at the seams and it's going to be glorious. We had words for those when we were in college. We called them cupcakes. Mm. And then chances was the other one. So don't. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard chance yeah. in a while. It's a good word, though. Yeah, Good word. So that was my Bachelorette update. I'll keep you guys updated. I'll probably live tweet. I decided this. I feel bad for the people that follow me for football information. So I'm going to keep my tweeting on the Bachelorette each night or each time it's up to a thread. So you can read that thread if you want. If not, you can just mute that conversation and you don't have to worry about it. I'm thinking about What's people. worse, me just having random WNBA tweets like dispersed? That. Okay. That's worse. Or a no thread. one's watching that. A thread. The thread is to hide the tweets. Right, right, right. No, no, I'm I, thinking I get about that. People. I get that. And also, this is a show people watch. The WNBA championship viewership is up 15% this year during a yeah. pandemic. Fantastic. Take that, Clay. Well, Sue Bird's great. Yeah, she's. Did you see um, uh, Russell Wilson called her out? Yeah. Of course I did. I don't want to talk about it. Because he's he's in your division and he's great or what? No, I'm not I'm like I'm gonna anger people here. So Russell Wilson, fantastic football player. Well we were we were gonna talk about malls too, right? I discovered something about you today that I did not yeah, think you was... said that you so you told me I couldn't believe how long it's been since I've been to a mall. As if that was weird. And I just think I don't know that people still went to malls. Yeah, so like there well where I used to live in Lacrosse, go Eagles. Well, you're from Minnesota, right? So yeah. like the Great Mall of America. So right. My mom worked across the street from there. Makes sense. It's, it was an amusement park as well as a mall. Um but but even then like when we lived in Lacrosse, there was like a one-story mall that we go to. You got ice cream. Like they when they have the the uh, frozen yogurt stand, right? You go to frozen yogurts and all this stuff seems gross now that we're in a pandemic, right? Like it's like watching a movie and watching two people hug and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Wear a mask. But it's, you know, obviously uh, set in a different time. But like, but yeah, I mean, with kids, you'd like, they would play at the little park in the middle of the mall and then they go and get a -A Build-A-Bear and then they they go get some frozen yogurt. I mean, Tyler, am I wrong? No, so here's, here's what it is. I think that there are types of malls. So in LA, for example, like Third Street Promenade. Yeah, we went there on your recommendation. Probably, would you consider that a mall? Kind of. Okay. That's probably the last. Like outdoor kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's a street of shops. Yeah, the Stanford, I consider that a mall, okay. but we the, in the Midwest, obviously they don't exist because it's cold half the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So maybe I have been. Although Nebraska had one. That's kind of like right on the border of being cold every all, all year. Um, do you have any good fake uh, excuses? Oh, uh, what was I? Yeah. So the 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 worst fake excuses. So there was. Oh, I, have you, you when you taught right? You always had this like nightmare that you would like wake up too late and not be able to make it to school on time. Yeah. Humiliating. That actually happened to me once 
when I was like my third year of, I'm I think it was surprised. like my first year when I was a P, working PFF game, staying up to like four in the morning and then I just forgot to set my alarm. And like, obvi- I think I like, I made up some like excuse that like I couldn't see out of one eye that morning. So I like call my department chair and I'm like, hey, look, really sorry. Can you post like something on the door? I can't see out of my left eye right now. I'm going to the doctor. That was like probably the worst fake excuse I've ever made. All right. I, I don't have one that comes to mind, but uh, I have an incredible fake excuse from a student. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> I taught seventh and eighth grade in, in Bridgeport, Connecticut and um, some amazing kids there and they were creative. And uh, there was a girl in one of my classes who did not, um, did not do her homework for like a week straight. So I was like, you know, what's the deal? Like it's been a week. And she goes, well, I have something I really need to tell you. I was like, okay. And she goes to her backpack and gets out a letter. I still have this photo somewhere. It's a printed piece of paper, a piece of printed paper. It's clearly a note uh, that was typed up and printed out. And it says, you know, dear so-and-so, whatever her name was, I would like to inform you that um, the test results have come back and you are pregnant. Sincerely, you doctor. I am reading this note, trying not to die. I'm trying not to die. This girl wrote a note herself, typed it up, printed it out to tell people that she was pregnant in an attempt to do many things. She thought it was kind of a badge of honor and was telling a lot of kids and whatever, but also decided to use it to get out of homework. And um, God bless her soul. I did not get you. uh, You. I could not be a, a high school or middle school teacher because I just can't, like when I was a professor, I'm like, you're an adult. Like if you get shot while you're like pheasant hunting, like it's tough shit, I guess, you know, like, but if you're sick, that's fine. Figure it out. But like, I, but I don't know what I would do in that situation. I, um, yeah. Teaching seventh and eighth graders, you're right. And then I, when I taught, um, high school, that was a little bit easier, but anyways, that, that's the best fake excuse I've, yeah, I've ever seen. That's received. crazy. I, that caught me off guard. I would not expect I took, that. I like took the note and I had to, I had to sign a picture of it. Cause it was so the signing it sincerely, you doctor just, I, I'll never get over that. By the way, I'm going to end it on this. Um, our, our boy, Zach, who helps us out with the podcast, apparently is claiming that he's the number one bachelor um fantasy player or whatever from last season he has some screenshot with him number one so i'm gonna need proof on this yeah, but- i mean gosh we we've been we've been thinking about other sports and i feel like if if uh, zach is is you know if he's got a model we we, we should co-opt it i don't know he, he seems to think that he's like unstoppable in fantasy leagues I, i'll do some investigating this could be a fake excuse who knows that was our podcast we will be back with you sunday night I hopefully will survive. I'm taking a red eye. We don't, we don't, uh, 
We won't know the uh, the fate of our lock of the I week know. by then. So scary. Um, it could be a good thing. Yep. All right. See you guys. Thanks. Peace out.